Allison, people loved it the last time we oh, made our my commercials. Why? It was so much fun. I don't understand people. I love it. This is it's been so much fun for me because two of my favorite podcasts, the Ron Burgundy podcast and the Conan O'Brien podcast, like they they just do their ad reads as a conversation with their with their co-hosts. And mm-hmm. it's just it's just so much fun for me. Do you know you what else? You have three other co-hosts, do you know? Oh, I know. Okay. I'm making all of them do it, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, you didn't know that? No. It's because you don't listen to the show. Yes, okay. I do, mostly. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> so uh, here's the newest one. I I have become a model. Clearly. Like, I did not think this would ever happen. No one else did. But if you go to stayclosetochrist.com, my face, I'm the poster child right now for Stay I'm Close so to Christ. I'm so excited for you right now. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if you're being serious or not. <laughs> Um, so stay close to Christ has amazing things. Saint cards, tiny saints, uh, saint medals, like the perfect things for like graduations are happening right now. Confirmations. Great idea. Uh, you know, just your kids are bad and you want them to be holier. Mm-hmm. All these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay close to Christ.com. If you go to, but if you go to ForteCatholic.com slash gifts, G-I-F-T-S, what you will get is a free tiny saint with every order what? of $10 or more. One free tiny saint. I've got St. Michael on my keychain, and my daughter tried to put another one on there the other day, and she she's four, <laughs> so it didn't go well. One saint at a time. Yes, one saint at a time. I, I, need, I need to try better. So, Allison, yeah. there are lots of saints who are tiny. There are also lots of saints that are large, but all of them can be bought as tiny saints. <laughs> ForteCatholic.com slash gifts. What's up? And welcome to Forte Catholic Radio. I am your host, Taylor Troll, and it is a very warm day. It is full-fledged summer here in Central Texas. It's not supposed to be this hot yet. There's still supposed to be a breeze in June. Uh, God doesn't like us, I I think, is the lesson of the story. That voice that you're hearing that is much, much more better, much more better than mine. <laughs> also sh- more grammatically correct. They should give me radio show. <laughs> That's Allison Sullivan. Hey, Allison. Hi, Taylor. So the last time I saw you, oh. do you do you, do you remember, do you recall the last time I saw you no. in person? Uh, it was at a baseball field. Do you remember this? <gasps> Indeed. Okay, so we had just finished recording last week's show. With the, the lovely Liv Harrison before she moved to Hawaii. I think technically it was at a prayer meeting, but I'm not going to correct you on your own show. I See, I knew it was a lie, but because this is radio, I can make anything true. You the boss. But you, ju- but you just called me out. Okay, so go ahead. Now I'm not quite sure what to do. Hello, everyone. This Hi. is Taylor. Okay, wait, wait. Sometimes Baseball field. Sometimes I bend the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not let the facts get in the way of a good story. Then what happened? We're actually going to talk about the prayer meeting in the second segment, which is why I didn't care about the lie. But now <laughs> I have this Catholic guilt creeping over I'm me. I'm kind of a stickler okay, well, for the truth. Two t- the other lie is that like I've seen you for the last 30 minutes because we've actually already recorded the second well, segment. Well, gosh, you didn't have to go into all that. Well, now I'm just I'm feeling like I have to. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've made a mistake and I have to make reparations. Well, you're making actually- me feel like a Pharisee. So could we just talk about the baseball field? Well, that's fair. You see? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, welcome to Forte Catholic, everybody. It's nice to be here. Anyway, now that we've completely made fun of me, the irony is I was going to use this initial segment to make fun of you. Well. So, that didn't work. God likes me. Consider yourself 
just a tiny bit punished. Well, that's how you feel now. I still haven't <laughs> used the content I have to make fun of you yet. So we'll see how you feel in three minutes. Okay. So Liv and I just finished recording last week's show. Yes. And because she's Liv, <sighs> you, and, you and I record this like... Sometimes we knock out the hour's content an hour, but I always schedule yeah. for an hour and a half because sure. like we catch up for a few minutes. Sure. Things happen. There's People transitions. Come in, whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, my, my, you and I average about an hour 15. And like you have yeah. kids and responsibilities. Like, you know, Father Anthony is just a priest. Like, he doesn't have anywhere to go. <laughs> like, you have people that need you, you know? So, like, I try to, like, get you in and out as quick as I possibly can, just out of respect for you and your family. So, But Liv, it, Liv does not care. So, usually it takes us to record the same amount of content about three hours. Wow. So we finished up recording the show, and what? And last time there wasn't even a tornado to get in the way. <laughs> <laughs> it was just live. So uh, we were going to come see you, and you were like, "Yeah, like you were going to come see me at my house, but it's way too late yeah, now. I got to go. I'm at a baseball field. I'm like, well, I'll come to the baseball. I field. was so delighted. And you were very delighted. I that's was. What, that's what I want to talk about. So Liv and I <laughs> are walking up to this baseball field and just kind of like glancing around. Like there's multiple fields. Trying like, to find where is Allison? the brunette. And right. then all of a sudden, what, what do you, I want you to describe it how you think I saw it. What did I see next? A, a very, very middle-aged woman. Like leaping into the air. You know how when you skip in the fifth grade, but you're not skipping for distance, you're skipping for ups? Like you're not skipping for speed to cross the amount of space. You're skipping for for height. Right. It was like that, right? <gasps> like Mario Kart. Like Mario Kart when he does the mm, thing. You know the. Well, well, let's see. Mario Kart. They're in carts. Oh. I think you're thinking of Mario. <laughs> oh, oh. See, I don't know things. Yes, because you're a middle-aged woman. We've already discussed <laughs> this. <laughs> but here's the deal. So, like. Anything like active, like because I played sports, like my life just goes into like slow mo. Okay. Like when I was playing, like they, they say this for like really good athletes, and it would happen to me, it happened to me twice. So maybe I was good at something twice. But like, like the game slows down. Like oh. every, everybody's running full speed and it slows down. You yeah, see yeah, this yeah. window and you push yeah, yeah, the yeah. pass through it, right? Yeah. That's how I saw you running at me uh-huh. because I was like, this is so different. Yes. Than any other Allison I have ever experienced. You've never seen me leap Mario style. Right. Uh, because in like, delight, all, all these other people that come on my show, like yeah. all the other co-hosts, they're they're silly. Everybody's silly, just like me, right? Okay. And, and like Father Anthony, very silly. And then every now and then he'll like be like, "Oh yes," he'll remind you that he's a priest. Like you know, mm. he'll like share something deep from his heart. It's like, wow, that was actually like he did minor spiritual direction for me a few weeks ago on the air. Uh, John silly, Sean silly, live silly. Like you're the one. Like people love it when you come on and you're just like you get on your soapbox. You're preaching up a storm. You're mm. sharing from your heart. Like that. And then. The way, like, for the first time I saw you, like all the rest of my co-hosts, Oh, you were so yes. silly. I was like, what is happening? What did you do <laughs> with my very stoic, annoyingly soapbox standing I never co-host? said annoyingly. That's you. Well, I do annoy my own self when I get on soapboxes. No. But anyways, no, I was. I was delighted to see you. I could not believe that you would go to a secondary location to hang out. So I was I was delighted. I couldn't believe that you would go to a baseball field and sit in bleachers. We almost died in those bleachers. Yeah, we did. There was a foul ball that went right over our heads. <sighs> so then I did what most men do when two women are with them, 
and you two just talked and caught up the whole time, and I just watched the baseball game by, with these 11-year-olds that I don't know, yeah. making sure that you didn't die. I, was, I, I thought chivalry was dead. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. I thought I was dead inside <laughs> by not being included in the conversation, but I felt like a real man, okay? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, so that's the last time I saw you, and I was very excited. So here, here's the thing, though. Yeah. You were very excited, and I was very impressed because I was like, wow, like- you're just putting off this like 21 year old vibe. Mm. And then right after I thought that we like, it was three minutes later yeah. after I like got on my head and you were oh. still panting. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oh yeah. Good. I hadn't skipped in a while. Have you done mon- monkey bars in a while? See, I'm too tall. Like I just walk and oh, put sure. my hands on the monkey yeah. bars. Yeah. I, yeah. It did. It took a lot out of me. I, I may have felt it the next day. I don't know. I can't. If there's monkey bars that are tall, or like if I like pick my legs up and like, like put my bottom half of my leg. What's that called? <laughs> the bottom of my leg. The shin. The sh- if I pull my shin like behind my hamstrings. Yeah. yeah. Like I can't. I can't do it. I've, Still not. I weigh too much for my arms to carry. Right. Well, that's my point. Is that all these things that we did effortlessly as kids are all of a sudden pretty challenging. My so t- skipping, as it turns out, it might have pulled a hammy. Well, we'll all pray for your recovery <laughs> very quickly. So I was gonna say we'll start with this joke. But uh, then we decided to make fun of each other for eight minutes. So uh, like any good homily, uh, it doesn't make any sense and it's eight minutes long, which is what we just did. But also like good homilies, you start (laughs) with a joke. Uh, What are your feelings about homilies that start with jokes? Um, I suppose it depends on the joke giver. It feels a little gimmicky, gimmicky, but I do enjoy laughing in mass. So I'm for it. I'm here for it. See, like I'm, I'm with you. Uh, most of the time I was like, uh-huh, just kind of a little chuckle. Uh, and a lot of people <laughs> on the internet are very like against the priest because the priest has to be serious. And, oh no, I don't feel yeah, that way. Yeah, I don't either. Go Can ahead. I explain the gimmicky thing? What yes. I mean? I feel like a lot of times if you are trying to create intimacy between you and an audience, the joke is a tool. And so then I feel a little manipulated. So it's more that than it. I enjoy the break from you know, the, the very seriousness. I enjoy that. I appreciate that. So it's not that it's just that I feel like a little bit, I see what you're doing here and I'd rather you just, um, have, uh, maybe legitimate intimacy instead of manipulated intimacy. Right. But that takes time and we don't have time necessarily, you know? So I see the, I see the efficiency of a joke because I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, and I, th- I think for me, like, I like it when it connects to the rest. Like, it's a it's a bridge into oh, the rest sure. of the content. Like, there are sometimes it's like priests were just trained in seminary, say a joke at the beginning, and then okay. they do, yeah. and they're like, hey, this is a joke. Anyways, let's talk about Jesus. You know, like, that's right, me. right, right. But uh, this joke was just phenomenal. And here's why I think the joke worked for me. Okay. It started, and I was like, mm-hmm. it's the pretty typical. A priest, a minister, a, a priest, a Protestant minister, and an old rabbi mm-hmm. are sitting in a bar, and I go, "Oh no, it's going to be one of those jokes," you know? Yeah, like we've all heard jokes like that. Sure. And then he said, "They're all just sitting there discussing when life begins." I'm like, "Oh, oh. no! Like oh. this is oh. going to be like a super <laughs> serious homily." And it's like it was Pentecost, and like I'm like, I'm as pro life as anybody. But like I don't I don't I don't know if Pentecost is the best place to like talk about the Holy Spirit. Why are we talking about pro life things and abortion? Like, yeah, what's going on here? Okay, and he completely won me over. Okay, because <laughs> I'm says, intrigued. When does when does life begin? The priest says, uh, conception. 
They're all sitting here discussing this. It's like, you know, uh, it, it, our catechism says that life begins its conception. This is what we believe. We think this is the truth from God. And the, the minister says, well, uh, our church's belief is that it's 24 weeks. It's like, well, okay. You know, like there's some people that are like, oh, it's at the heartbeat or it's at, you know, so, some other time or whatever. So you could think like, oh, this is going to become an argument, right? You know, they're, they're going to argue about this thing, blah, blah, blah. Then the old rabbi says, like, y'all don't understand. Life begins when the kids move out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> And I instantly, like, I laughed because of all the, like, pent up. Yeah. Like, like this is oh, awkward. Where's this going? You know, oh, this gosh. is awkward. What is happening? Yes. What have I got myself? I'm in this parish in San Antonio I've never been in. I have no idea what's about to happen. Yeah. And then he just completely, like, shattered the expectation. Right. Yeah. And I was like, now that's, that's funny. Mm-hmm. That's taking something that is a controversial topic. Yes. And he stated the Catholic teaching. <laughs> so it's a like brilliant way just to like in a joke remind people of like hey this is what we believe. I, I'm, I'm honestly I'm still a little stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't relaxed yet. <laughs> well, let me tell it again. Well, the old rabbi looks at them and says, "When the kids move out of the house, hey." I, I just thought it was hilarious, and it like so then I'm like laughing, and then I was immediately sad. <sighs> My kids moving out of the house is a very long time from now. <laughs> Seth just was talking about how old we were going to be when that happens. I forget because I don't know. My brain doesn't work that way. But I think it's like 55 or something. That's not a good sign in the context of what we're talking about. I don't know. About. Well, oh, why? <laughs> I'll explain it later. Oh. You're getting older. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I'm so pr- I feel really present with you know, everyday life. Like I, we are thick in the middle of parenting and we have five kids. And so it's, um, it's intense. I mean, we have multiple sports events like at the same time. So that just, that feels really, really far away. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of stories that are like very strange and awkward and are going to make you cringe a little bit, but have a point. Oh dear. Just like this priest did in the homily. The homily was good. Okay. Fab, absolutely fantastic. I was- you live for this stuff, by the way, Taylor. Like this is your genre. What is my genre? Um, making people just feel a little antsy. Making people just feel a little antsy. Letting people be uncomfortable until the punchline comes. So, you know, like, I was bullied as a small child. Really? And you know that, like, experience of, like, you want to make people feel like you felt? Okay. That's what this is. Okay. <laughs> And you get to, like, put it on the air. Absolutely. Why are they let me do this? Okay. So here's this tweet. Okay. It's a Twitter thread. Do you know what that means? I do. Would you like to explain it? No. (laughs) Yeah, I did. All the tweets right in a row. Tweet, tweet, tweet. (laughs) It's like all the birds that line up together (laughs) on that exit here locally that no one cares about. Okay. So this is how the the Twitter thread starts. My dad died. Classic start to a funny story. I'm already very intrigued. I'm like, wait, wait, what? He was buried in a small village in Sussex, which is, so obviously they're in Britain. I really hope I'm right, because I just said obviously, and I'm (laughs) now 94% sure that it's in Britain. He says mum later on instead of mom. Uh I I, think you're safe. I I think so too. Wow, I'm going to feel so dumb if that was wrong. Uh, People already think that I'm dumb by doubting it. Okay. Says I was really close to my dad, so I visited his grave a lot. I still do. And then, like, in what are the parentheses called that are blocky? Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. 
Fix. I, 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 I don't know. Okay. So, like, the blocky parentheses. It's in all caps. Don't worry. It gets funnier. <laughs> so oh, it's gosh. like, okay. wait. I, I'm like, most time I see Twitter threads, I'm like, I see the first, because all you see is the first tweet. I'm like, eh. Mm-hmm. And I just scroll, and I don't, I don't read the rest of it. This one grabbed me. Absolutely. Okay. I always took flowers, uh, and my mom, my mom visited a lot. And she always took flowers, and my grandparents were still alive. They took flowers, like all to the grave of his father, mm-hmm. the man who's writing his father. Mm-hmm. Um, then he says a thing that I don't understand because it's probably from Britain or somewhere else that's not Texas. He felt bad for this guy who was buried next to his dad mm-hmm. because, like, all of these people were, all the people around his dad's grave had flowers at him. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like this like silent competition of like who has the best flowers, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And there was one that never had any flowers mm-hmm. um, and said that the man died on Christmas Day at 37. So something about that struck him, like a young man, you know, relatively young. No one had left him flowers for the whole two and a half years that he was bringing his dad flowers. Uh, so they just put up like a pop-up florist at the, at the gravesite. Mm. So he started buying him flowers for two and a half years oh. for a man that he had never met before. Yeah. And so like he was like, these are just this like, I can feel that, yeah. right? Yeah. Like I can picture myself being that guy mm. doing something nice. And then you're like, man, like this guy's left out. Like I want to do something nice. Yeah, for him, that's right? great. Um, great, great place to come from in the heart. He said, I did this for quite some time. He never, never mentioned it to anyone. Like super holy thing to do, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was a little private joke with myself. I was making a, a world, the world a better place, one bunch of flowers at a time. Uh, I know it sounds weird, but I came to think of him as a friend. Like, you know, hmm. like he never met. He was yeah. like, maybe there's some hidden connection. Maybe we went to school together. Maybe we played yeah. football together, which he means soccer. Um, <laughs> so he Googled his name, and 10 seconds later, I found him. End of that tweet. Daunting. Hmm. He said his wife hadn't left him flowers because he'd, he'd taken her life. Oh. Along with some other people in its family, oh, like very serious ordeal, right? And he had taken his own life after, mm. and it's like that. Like then, this guy's realizing, like that's why nobody wow. had ever left him flowers, right? No one except for him. <laughs> he was the one guy right. that had left this guy flowers. Uh, every couple weeks for two and a half years. So this guy's feeling terrible. He would try to do something very nice for this person leaving flowers at the grave because it was empty and just kind of feeling lonely. He was feeling bad. He's like, you know, I, I, I feel like I need to apologize to the people whose lives that he took. Mm. So he, he actually like Googled, found where they were buried and went and brought flowers to their grave. Oh my goodness. Like, I mean, just such a, like yeah. realized he made a mistake and like that same heart that made him do the first thing, mm. that, that heart grabbed him and was like, hey, you need to go do this thing. So as he's standing at the graves, mumbling apologies, to these people who had who had passed away, a woman appeared behind him. She wanted to know who he was and why he was leaving flowers for her aunt and grandparents. And then in big uppercase letters, awkward. Like, uh, mm. dang it, right? Like, what? How am I supposed to? Play? So, he comes clean. He paused, explained it. She said, "Okay, that's weird, but quite sweet." Mm. Like, e- even she saw like there was this awkwardness. Even she saw the like. You were trying to do good things. Yeah, his motivations have right. been great the whole time. Right. I don't think he has anything to apologize for. Right, but he he does. Like I, I could, I, everything this man is feeling, I can feel. Okay. Like do, trying to do this really good thing, and then okay. realizing, oh dang it! Like this is not the action I thought I was taking. Okay. Um. So <laughs> it gets even crazier. He said, "I said thanks. It is a bit weird, 
And oh my gosh, I asked her out for a drink in all capital letters. Hmm. So like, let's just make the situation <laughs> even more awkward, right? Can you guess what she said? No. She said yes. <laughs> she said yes. Incredibly, she said yes. Two years later, she said yes again when I asked her to marry me because that's how I met my wife. Wow. What? Wow. This is crazy. That is so crazy. It's a crazy story. So I was reading this the other night, and I'm like, man, this guy had a heart for his father. Yeah. Wanting to bring him flowers. Mm -hmm. And then he he noticed, and like, that's one of the things, like, I'd be pretty tunnel vision about. Yeah. Like, if I'm going to bring flowers to a grave, I'm not worried about the other graves. Mm -hmm. He notices over time, Mm -hmm. there's this grave that's empty. Out of the kindness of his heart, he goes and leaves flowers there. Realizes that he did something that he was not intending to, mm-hmm. you know, leaving flowers for somebody who had taken multiple people's lives. And course corrected again, even from the same <laughs> desire in his heart to do something nice. Course corrected again, felt bad, wanted to make good on that. Yeah. While he's making good on that, he literally has to tell someone else out loud what he has done. <laughs> and you would think the answer, like you said, No. Like, no, I'm not, no, you're a weirdo. Yeah. She says yes, and then they get married. Like, he is rewarded for his his kind heart throughout the whole thing. Yeah. So that's my kind of experience wow. of this. What are your thoughts about this story as a whole? I think it's great. I I don't, I guess, I guess I'm having a disconnect because I don't think, I think you should absolutely put flowers on a grave of anybody's grave that's being neglected, no matter what happened here on earth. Like, I, I don't know. So I don't know. I think it's, I, I, I love a big heart. And so for that, for all of these, like, you know, awkward messes to lead to some great union is, is my kind of story for sure. Yeah. I, and that was a, a part of like, after I read yeah. it, because the whole thing is just hitting you over and over again. And I was like, you know what? Like we as Catholics believe that we should be praying for those who have passed on. Yeah. The lives of the life of the people that whose lives he took, and then also his right. own life, right, 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 right. Like in God's mercy and the love, like there's nothing that says that we have to hate those people. Like so, right. there was yes. that portion yeah. of it. Yeah, but there was there was this also like man, like I I felt so connected with this guy. Yeah, because it's like <laughs> I'm try I'm trying I'm trying my best, <laughs> and then I have to tell somebody that it like something I did out of the kindness of my heart actually was something that probably would have very much hurt their feelings or annoyed them. Yeah. And then, like, finally comes clean about it. And then, like, ultimately gets rewarded for the good heart. Even with the, like, the mistakes along the way. I was like, oh, man, this gives me hope. (laughs) I had no idea that things like this were happening on Twitter. I thought, you know, I thought it was just a political minefield. So, I don't know. I'm intrigued. Maybe I should go twack out. (laughs) That was awesome. I should go twack it out. Twack out. (laughs) Chicker. I had to pause for a second to make sure I wasn't going to say something that I can't say. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's the story. Uh, whenever we come back, we're going to hear another story from a man named Chris. Uh, I would say that uh, we're about to talk to him. But as people know, because you broke the fourth wall, uh, we've already had this conversation. You're not going to get anything by me, Taylor. And it's amazing. And y'all need a stick. <laughs> Y'all need a stick here. With uh, however you're listening, however this is going into your ears, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
Well, hello, Miss Sullivan. What you doing? Taylor, hi. I thought we were in the commercial segment of the podcast. Why are you here? What? I'm, what is going on? Why are you here? I'm looking around, trying to figure out. Where am I? No, you're staring at me in the eyes because you're <laughs> like, well, I don't know what's going on either. Uh, one person complained. Just uh, one? Just one. About how they didn't like that the ads were the same. And they've been the same for about two or three months or so. Like, I was being very fresh for a while. And then I just was like, eh, whatever. Here you go. Yeah. Because they work. Like, people are buying stuff. I mean, I have a speed up button for that. But go ahead. Oh, I mean, like, just, I don't know why people don't skip 15 seconds like I do when I listen to other people's <laughs> podcasts. But whatever. You can put it on two times where it's like. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, So, Allison, does does anyone you know have beard, have a beard, lips, or skin? Mm. Well, lips. I mean, everyone except the bird family, right? We've all got lips. This is everyone. This applies to everyone. I don't. I don't know. I think everyone has skin. I think there are people without lips. I've seen like in superhero movies, like some burn victims (laughs) without lips. Trying not to laugh at that, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We're not recording. Um, so <laughs> you always say that. <laughs> uh, well, most people, everybody at least has skin. So we, uh, Catholic Bomb Girl has something perfect for everybody. If you have a beard, we have the best, absolute best bomb. B A L M, not bombs. That would be weird, and you couldn't get into an airport with it. Uh, I love it. I use it. It makes me smell great, which is a rarity before I use this thing. And it makes my beard look and feel good, and my wife loves me more. But also, there are things for your... There's lip balm, and there's... What do you call it? Skin balm? It's not skin balm. It's like lotion. A hydrating feature. Yes. Aloe. The the hydrating feature aloe. Shea butter. I don't think they have (laughs) shea butter. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about the lotion. I don't use it. But no one's excluded. No, all are welcome That's in this right. place here at mm-hmm. ForteCatholic.com slash bomb, <laughs> where you can buy all of this at 11% off. Do it now. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am still joined in the studio. It is very hot in here. My Atlanta. They're, the AC doesn't work because they're still doing construction here. It's going to be amazing at some point. Uh, Allison, I believe that this is affecting me more than it's affecting you. <laughs> I feel like you say this every week. I mean, there was that one weekend. You're just constantly complaining about the temperature. There was that one weekend in December that I didn't sweat in here. <laughs> <laughs> Allison, we are not alone here in the studio today. Ain't it great? Jesus is here with us. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have Chris Field here. He um, founded the Mercy Project, and he's a dear friend of mine, a new friend. We are on the leadership team for One Hope. I'm excited to talk about that some more, but it's a super big honor to have him in the studio. He's doing all sorts of great things in our community and around the world. And Chris, we just met seven minutes ago. Yeah, but that's it's why been I had a, her introduce you. It's been a great seven minutes, though. <laughs> and here's Chris. Yes. That's all I got. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm getting to know you. Uh, Allison raves about you. And uh, we wanted to talk about this whole One Hope thing. But before we do that, I just want to get to know you a little bit. Uh, Allison very much says that you're much cooler than I am. She's never talked as nice about me as she just talked about you. So uh, who are you? Why are you here? Yeah, well, thank you. That's quite the quite the intro. She doesn't do that to your face because she wants you to keep your humility. So, <laughs> she knows I struggle behind, with pride. Yeah, 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 behind your back, she speaks very <laughs> highly of you. So, yeah, I actually grew up here in College Station, and 
My wife and I moved back here about nine years ago when we started a ministry called Mercy Project. I was actually doing formal ministry. I was a youth pastor, and then I was a pastor at a church in Dallas, and wasn't great at that. I like to tell people <laughs> I was. Uh, I'm just being honest. I was a great preacher. I was not a great pastor. Okay, if you can find that sure. distinction. I was sure. very it's good. Why at, I have a radio show? And yeah, I'm not in full time ministry. That's right. Anymore. I yeah. was great at communicating, <laughs> not great at uh, walking patiently with people through hard stuff, through hard messages, mm. and just moved too quickly for some of the churches I was involved in, and <laughs> so really felt kind of lost in that. And read a book about child trafficking, and it was like God just said we were actually expecting our first baby, and we were six months pregnant, and we already knew we were going to name her Micah, and we'd been praying Micah six eight over my wife's mm. belly <laughs> every day that we would raise a daughter of justice and mercy. Mm. And I remember reading that book and thinking, how could I ever ask a child to be a, a a person of justice and mercy if they don't have a father who's willing to model what that means to mm. them, even if it costs me. So I don't know. I don't even know what that means. I just know I just found out there's kids who are slaves and I can't live in that world and pretend that, that it's no big deal. And so I, three months later, I got off the plane in Ghana and went out on the world's largest man-made lake and met all these kids who'd been trafficked into slavery. And a year later, I quit my job at the church and launched a nonprofit with no idea what I was doing. I mean, literally bought the book, uh, Nonprofits for Dummies. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, and sat on my bed because we didn't even have a desk and just tried to figure out what, what we were doing and just said, okay, God, we don't think kids should be slaves, and we think people who are poor should have a chance to live lives where they can pay for food and you know go to bed at night without their, their bellies being hungry. And so... For the last nine years, we've done in, in Ghana, so we've rescued 142 kids out of child trafficking and reunited them all back into their families um, across the across the country. So it's God's been very gracious to us, and it's been a lot of fun. We've had learned a lot of really hard lessons, and but in that, God has just been really gracious to us. That's phenomenal. I very rarely agree with Allison, but this is this is, this is definitely an honor. <laughs> we make a show out of disagreeing. <laughs> right. right. Absolutely. But no, no, that's absolutely phenomenal work. And what's crazy as I'm hearing you say this is that what you are doing is revolutionary, but nothing you just said was. We th like your your core beliefs sure. are not things mm -hmm. that are that are crazy. People should not yeah. be slaves. People should not be poor. And yet what you are doing is revolutionary because not many people or enough people are doing anything about it. And I just found that fascinating. Yeah, it's it's the simple truth. It's like, yes, I agree with that too, but I've never done anything about yeah, it. Sure. Um, so it's absolutely phenomenal yeah, what, what you're doing. And Allison, I, I also learned uh, why I haven't done anything this cool in my life. Why is that? I, I've never prayed Micah over my wife's belly when she was <laughs> pregnant with my children. It's not too late. My wife is not pregnant. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Also is that a requirement? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. The day is young. Oh, 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 oh you're, say you're saying I could pray with my current children? Uh, sure. I, there's a thought that hadn't come to my mind yet. <laughs> uh, Allison, not just Micah, but have you ever prayed over your belly when you were pregnant? Well, sh I, for like 40 weeks straight. I, I feel like it's the job of a of a mother. So like a believing well, mother is like this, you know. <laughs> maybe. True. But like I like I prayed for my wife and the baby, like obviously all throughout all the pregnancies, but I never like was like 
when you say pray over, I mean, I was I was picturing you like yeah, with your no. hand yeah. over the belt. Yeah, we. I've never done. I'm not belly. holy enough to even have that be a thought in my head. Well, and that's why you're doing so many more great things than I am well. for the kingdom. Uh, speaking of doing things for the kingdom, the the reason we are all here together is because of this one hope movement. Uh, y'all have been involved with it for quite some time. I know Allison's been kind of roped in as one of the Catholic liaisons. You've and she, she said you've been on leadership with her for uh, uh, leadership with her on that project for a while. I had my first real experience with it uh, last week, actually. All of us were in a room praying together. It, it was just absolutely phenomenal. I'm really excited about it. So why don't you tell us, I'm still learning. Why don't you tell us what One Hope is? Yeah. Well, One Hope is, it's a vision. It's a vision of filling Kyle Field with 100,000 worshipers, all say in the name of Jesus. And what I love about it is that it is designed to cross barriers. So it's designed to cross lines of race, of age, of denomination, of gender. We just really want to fill this place with everybody saying the name of Jesus. And what I love, I think that you can probably attest to this too, Chris, is that I feel like a lot of times when diversity is the goal, a lot of times our differences can be glossed over for the optics of diversity. Mm-hmm. And what's happening um, in, in our leadership team is that instead of differences being glossed over, differences are being invited to the table and then celebrated. And it is such a beautiful thing. I think it's a beautiful picture of, of the gospel. So so this isn't just in name only, you know, that we want all people to come gather. We want all people to come gather and be celebrated and praise our God who made us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think at a time when conflict and fighting and frustration and hurt feelings and disagreement are just at an all-time you know, high. It feels like there's so, there's so, everything is running so hot. We everything can, is fever pitch. Yeah. We can sure. hardly have conversations and social media, you know, just adds to that. And mm-hmm. sometimes talk radio, not your talk radio, but never, we've never, never right. committed any, uh, <laughs> but you know, we have, it's just this, everything is so, so highly strung that I love, you know, Chad Clark is the the founder and the the visionary of One Hope. And it just feels so rich that, to really gather with people and to say with sincerity, there's probably some things we don't agree on. Almost, almost certainly there are things we don't agree on, but we can agree that Jesus is the most incredible, life-changing, transformational thing that's ever happened to us. And once we laid eyes on him and he reached out and took our hand, mm-hmm. our life has never been the same again. Right. And that is, that's enough. Right, like that by itself is enough for to be able to sit in a room and say, like, yes. "Hey, we can do this together." Right, yes. the other stuff, it does matter and it's important and it has it has bearing and it has effect and there's places and spaces for that, but sometimes we've let that even become the idol, yeah. and taken yeah. our eyes off of the fact that Jesus is so transformative. Right, yeah. and and there's something we all remember that moment when Jesus sort of first captured our attention and, and grabbed our hearts and. The hope is to introduce that to people who've never heard of G- or in this city, that's going to be a bit of a challenge, but people who've heard of a Jesus that isn't actually the real Jesus, yeah, right? Sure. They've heard of a, a vision of a Jesus or a Jesus that was kind of made out of, um, you know, markers and colors of a certain church or certain group, but it wasn't really the Jesus, the living Jesus of the Gospels. And so it's it's really a chance to do that for, for people who don't believe in Jesus or maybe their faith. The footing feels a little rocky and they're not sure this is a safe space for those folks to come. And then for, I think, people who've been chasing Jesus for a long time, but maybe need to reset and Mm -hmm. sort of remember 
what matters most and to take a little Sabbath and a little rest and to just pause and, and remember in all the chaos of life, all the stuff we fill our calendars with and all the things we spend our money on, what do we really want our legacy to be? And for, for a lot of us, we want it to be Jesus in the kingdom, but we're not great at, we're not great at living that out. And so mm-hmm. this is a great reset to remember like Jesus is, it's all about Jesus and yeah. he is the one hope. If we are reconciled to God and to one another through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we can't take a message of reconciliation out into the world if we're not reconciled ourselves. And so I think that this idea of coming together, not just for this one moment, but really creating a movement of unity, there's nothing more attractive than that. Because, And and the reason why I think is because there's a self-emptying component. If if reconciliation is really what we want, there's a self-emptying component to make that happen because three people, you know, throw the the word around reconciliation like it's some romantic thing but really um if there's a self-emptying component the, the cross there is there too <laughs> you know so so we can have our eye on the glory we want whether that's diversity and that's just kind of optics but then reconciliation is that self-emptying and so I think that that is probably going to be the most powerful way that we display Christ to the rest of the world. Because the idea is that the rest of the world, people outside the church, are going to look at us and be intrigued Mm. that there is something happening between us that they long to join in. Mm -hmm. And that cannot happen without this reconciliation, without this unity, without this togetherness. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I think it even came up on, on Tuesday, like the the scripture about Jesus saying, they'll know you are Christians by your love for one another. Yeah. And I always read that and heard that in one sense that I still think is right or can be used in a correct way. But I always thought about like loving everybody. Like I've kind of like morphed onto that where he says elsewhere, like love your enemies, mm-hmm. do good to those who hate you. But like, that's not what he's saying right there. He said, they'll know that you are a Christian group of people by how you love each other as a Christian group of people. Right. Right. And then from there, going out right. and loving right. your enemies and, 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 and uh, evangelizing that sort of thing. And I was just baffled by that, like, what you were saying, Alice. And it's like, if we can't get along with ourselves, why would people want to come into that? Yeah, what's like, intriguing about that? Right. If you have a group of friends, just a regular group of friends that are always fighting, it's like, what kind of person, unless they're you know clinically insane, wants to join that, right. group, that group of people? So it's the same with, with our denominations and all these sorts of things. It's just so cool on Tuesday seeing all of these different people, like different pastors from different churches, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just kind of like go up, you know? Like, yeah. it, usually when I've done these like unity things, like different denominations coming together, it's like run by... By one thing. Sure. And it ends up looking like that one thing. Of like course. If, if it's one run by the Catholic Church, yes. it looks very Catholic. If it's run by the Baptist Church, it looks very Baptist. And I'm just like, let's do it all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that doesn't mean that other people aren't invited to the Catholic thing or to the Baptist thing. Other people right. are invited and will tolerate your presence. But to really try to display, you know, and I feel like there's something so scriptural about that in Revelations. We're told that all tongues and tribes and nations will come together and yet they keep their distinctness. Yes, we're all wearing the white robe. Yes, we're all waving the same palm branch, but, but we are keeping our distinction and that is beautiful. I feel like the things that you're talking about, we can manage on our very own strength. You know, we can we can call people together and, and it can, you know, look a certain way, but for it to re the God sized dream, the God sized vision is for us to keep our distinction and to still be unified. Yeah. And, and that's hard. And some of that's just really practical. Like we don't know our own blind spots because Absolutely. they're our own blind spots, sure. right? <laughs> sure. So if you said to someone in the Catholic Church, Hey, put on us put on a service, but let's try not to make it feel too Catholic. 
they're going to say, okay, but they don't even know what that means because <laughs> right. they've operated for so long out of a Catholic mindset. And when I was in seminary, we called this uh, insider language, right? We, oh, sure. Every church has insider language that they don't even know they have. And that is Miss Betty, she sits on the second row at the end and you better not take her seat. <laughs> but a visitor comes in and they don't know that insider, right? And so, so one of the challenges we had was what is that insider language in your church that's keeping people from the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. That you, you, you're you so used to it, you don't even realize it's inside. When you start thinking about communion mm-hmm. and other things that we do, if you thought about as a person who'd never heard of Jesus, who'd never set foot in a church, we don't usually explain that stuff very well. Right. We explain it to eighth grade level Christians, but the ones who are just saying, hey, I don't know anything about this. It's like, uh, well, we don't. there's not really a space for you, right? And so I think so much of that is just really... When you get people of four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, twelve denominations to yeah. go up there, the things that matter to them are not the things that matter here, and right. they, it's like a it's like a healthy marriage, right? Yeah. The things that I'm good at, my wife is not. The things that she's good at, I am not, and we're better because of it, because we complement. And one yet, another. you sit down to eat together yeah. at a table every single night exactly. with your differences. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> so perfect agreement isn't even necessary. Right. Nobody said anything about that. That's yeah. okay. We, we do that every night with our families yeah. and, and it's beautiful. So yeah, I, you know, one thing that I, regarding that and, and blind spots, the thing that I love about being on this leadership team is that oftentimes meetings will stop and they will ask the question, how does this sit with our Catholic brothers and sisters? Mm. Like, my goodness, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's all good, but thanks for asking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think even just that awareness. Yes, right, that exactly. The, this feels really okay to me, but I'm not actually sure how this feels to you because right. I'm not sitting in your seat, right? Think about race and so many of the other things, uh, challenging topics in our in our culture right now. What if that was the What if that was the question we led with? Right? right. I mean, what if we, you know, and I know this is Pollyanna, but I mean, what if what if we heard that question more on police cams? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, how yeah. how are these questions I'm asking you sitting with you right now? Man, I'm really glad you asked. I'm yeah. feeling a little bit threatened right yeah. now. Oh, I'm yeah. so that's not I don't want you to feel threatened right, <laughs> right now. You know, right. that's not my goal. Right. I just my job is to seek information. So that's I right. I apologize that I right and, and I know Pollyanna, like I'm a I'm that guy, but I don't know who and or what a Pollyanna is. Oh gosh, we forget job. how young he is. Oh yeah, I know. So wait, wait. I'm I, part Care Bear. You didn't. I know. Add, you, didn't add, you didn't ask I me didn't. how I felt I'm about. So the sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Insider language of Pollyanna. It's like a do-gooder. It's like a. Yeah. It's like Naive. A, yeah, utopian. Yes. It's, it's never going to happen, but it's a utopic spin a great, on a hard thing. Yeah, it's great to think about. Well, here's the deal: the next time my wife is pregnant, I will pray over the belly of my young baby Pollyanna. Pollyanna that's right. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll text you and ask you Samantha, what Samantha, the what next baby has been named. This is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Not if NFP has anything to do with it. <laughs> okay, so okay. can we talk about? Oh, I just processed what you just said. Um, yep. Okay, so can we talk about when and where and and how and, yes, and all of those things? Please do that. Um, okay, so it's April twenty fifth of two thousand and twenty. We are filling Kyle Field. We are praising the name of Jesus. Insider language. Kyle Field is where the Texas A and M Aggies play their football games. It's one of the largest stadiums in the United States of America, and by that stands the world. Gig them, yeah. and Francis Chan is the keynote speaker. And Love that guy. we have our we're having prayer meetings once a month. They are on the next one is July second. It's at SOS Ministries. Anything else? Am I missing anything? Yeah, I think just to follow up on what you said a few minutes ago, which is that the, the vision of this really is to be more than an event, but to be a movement. And to that end, 
there's been prayer meetings that will happen for a full year before this event ever takes place. And the idea is that the event would launch people of faith, not only to introduce Jesus to people who do not know him, but also the ones of us who have known him a long time, that it would reinvigorate our faith and it would lead to community gospel transformation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that means. You know, that's probably going to mean a little something different to every person, but but to me that means the way we talk to each other is different. The way we pray together is different. The way we interact with our uh, brothers and sisters of color is different. The way we interact with people that are poor is different. The way we interact with just everyone we come into contact with, community gospel transformation would seep into our pores and it would come out in everything that, that we do. And it would, you know, probably uh, invigorate some really creative, beautiful gospel, uh, just life in this community. So I love that it's not just an event. I think that was one of the things that really attracted me to it is I'm a very practical, action-oriented guy. And to, 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 to pray towards the end of gospel transformation at Bryan College Station and to think about what what the city would look like if Jesus lived here, and to then to go out and to be a part of that with brothers and sisters that we never knew before, and churches that we thought we didn't have anything in, in common with, Amen. and just a lot of really beautiful things happening. So yeah, April twenty fifth, two thousand twenty, and it's going to be Kyle Field, and the the website is onehopemovement.com. and then all the social media channels. It's also One Hope Movement. So. Lots of stuff going on there. Super pumped to have Francis Chan coming too. Yeah, he's phenomenal. So practically for the day, there's like Francis Chan will be speaking. Like what else? Like if people are listening, they're like, what What am I signing up for? What Like what will practically happen on that day? I think some of that is TBD, you know, but I mean, yeah. there's certainly going to be worship, uh, which is going to be pretty amazing to mm-hmm. think about worshiping with tens of thousands <laughs> of people, you know, sitting there in, in one place. Uh, it's obviously going to be prayer components, and then I think just talking about Jesus and mm-hmm. and really just remembering, as Paul says, remembering the day of your baptism, right? Just remembering who who we are and whose we are and and why this world matters, and and then I hope there's a piece of it that's dreaming about uh, gospel transformation. Mm-hmm. What what would it look like in Bryan College Station if tens of thousands of people committed to actually loving their real neighbors? Like not as a metaphor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like the people across neighbor. the street and the people next to them and the guy they drive by in downtown Bryan and the, okay. you know, the couple that is, you know, sitting outside Target that looks like they probably haven't been able to have access to a, to a shower for, you know, a few days. Like, what would it actually look like yeah. if we couldn't even find people in need anymore because right. everyone mm-hmm. was so responsive to mm-hmm. to their neighbors and to those they ran into? So. It's, it's going to be really sweet. And some of those conversations, to your point, that's exactly what's being decided right now is how do we bring diversity to the to the stage? How do we bring uh, people who are going to reveal some of those spiritual blind spots? How do we make everyone feel included and, and that it's a safe space for, for all people? Again, whether they have a faith footing or not, this isn't just for people who believe in Jesus. It's for people who are interested in knowing why some of us are so crazy about Jesus. Um, and and to hear some of that honest journey a lot of us have been on, that it's not all Pollyanna and it's not all uh, <laughs> unicorns and, you know, rainbows. That it's Some of us have been, it's been a hard journey, but we, even in that difficulty, we keep coming back to Jesus. Oh, amen. I love how you, you just brought us full circle. You went like, <laughs> you, right at the beginning, we we're getting to know you, and you're saying all these simple truths that you're using to change the world. And then you're like, let's bring everybody together for one hope and make it very, very simple. Just Let's just love Jesus together and make, it the, make it these simple, basic truths that are absolutely life transforming. So, uh, onehopemovement.com. 
And then if people want are interested in what you were talking about at the beginning, like this whole thing that God has called you to, how can they get connected with you? Yeah, Mer- mercyproject.net is our website, and we've got a forum on there. They can find me on social media, Chris Field, Disruption Chris. Disruption Chris, I love it. Allison, thanks for bringing this dude. He is absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Chris, thanks for coming. And everybody else, we will be right back in just a few minutes for our final segment of the day. Well, hello, Allison. Taylor. People are going to get tired of tearing us if it's just the Fancy two of us. Fancy meeting the whole you show. here. Wow, this is amazing. Uh, Allison, does anyone you know have feet? A couple. A couple? A couple of feet. Uh, no bird victims on television <laughs> with no feet for some reason. Uh, yeah, we got some great things for your feet from our buddies over at Sock Religious. Sock it to me. I'm loving doing this with you. This is so much. We we have found a new trait for you. You are great at reading podcast ads. This is absolutely fantastic. So, uh, this past Easter, I got to wear the resurrection socks, and like I saw, no one ever compliments me on how I look because I look like this. I got so many compliments for those socks. Now, granted, it was only a picture of my of my feet and and socks. You have area. really nice ankles. It's true. Wow, that's a strange thing to say. Thank well, you. You're welcome. I appreciate they that. They are lovely. Uh, the NFL scouts told me, the NCAA <laughs> scouts told me the same thing. That you have good ankles. Yeah. Especially like, adorned with Jesus. This, this is why, yes, that's what they said. <laughs> <laughs> you're a fast white person, must be adorned by Jesus. Uh, well, you too can be adorned by Jesus if you go to fortecatholic.com slash socks. S-O-C-K-S. You can get 15% off your next order, and you too can finally be cool, like I was finally cool for one day. Make your feet faithful. Make, make your feet fun again. <laughs> Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am your host, Taylor Schroll, in the studio with Allison. I forgot her middle name, Sullivan. <laughs> We've talked about this a bunch. I know. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I'm a bad friend. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Allison Ferris <laughs> Sullivan. <laughs> She's the fairest of them all. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sloan. Remember? He has the girlfriend. Oh, named she Sloan. was the girl. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah. Well, anyway, anyway, you want me to tell you something somebody said about me that was very mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes, always. So I got. See, a- here's the thing. Hold on. I don't know if I want to agree heartily and high five them or put up my dukes and hope to meet them in a back alley. Well, I know we'll, so I'm conflicted. We'll find out Okay. Um, here in just a minute. So um, I get a message from a friend this last week. Okay. They screenshotted me. They were like, hey, you need to block this person. Oh. Because they're coming for you. Oh, dear. Oh. I'm, and I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting at a dinner with like all of my, like we're at a graduation dinner for my nephew. So like literally surrounded by, I'm like, this is very intriguing. I'm not the kind of person that's like, oh, no, what did somebody say? And I'm like, this is fun. Right? Oh, wow. So, okay. So uh, they screenshot it. And I'm laughing the whole time I'm reading this. This person is like, Taylor is the worst radio host I've ever heard in my entire life. At least he's a good writer. Oh. And I'm like, uh, first of all, I'm a terrible writer. <laughs> <laughs> what have you what has he seen you written? Who is this person? What what have right. you written? Nothing. I've written Okay. Nothing. I, I used to write a blog oh. because that's what 
Christians did. Uh-huh. And then they gave me this radio show and I said, never writing again. So he hated you enough as a radio show to go looking for your blog. He didn't. Like, he, he was just like, I, I, I'm hoping he's a better writer. I know he's a better. Okay. It's like, no, dude, this is all I got. <laughs> 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 and then, like, in the same week, somebody made, like yelled at, like, I cannot tell you, I told you this before we started today's show, how much joy I took in today's intro. Mm. It's the same intro yep. that I've been doing for 130-something episodes. You were especially enthusiastic. I was very excited because, it, once again, it's nothing new. Somebody came after me for yelling and, like, I'll never how, listen to What does that look like? Come after you for yelling. What do they say exactly? So there's this thing. Have you heard of subtweeting? We're talking about Twitter a lot today. I'm teaching mm-hmm. you about Twitter. Thank you. Subtweeting. Okay. Is like I could subtweet you by saying, I could send out a tweet right now. Wow. T- somebody I was in the studio with today mm-hmm. was very smelly. Okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> and like people would. Okay. Like, is that called a, that's not a retweet? No, retweeting oh. is like so, you said something I liked it so I shared that with my followers. Okay. Subtweeting is I'm talking about you and mm-hmm. it's it's very like it would be very obvious who I was talking about today okay. when I post that tomorrow. Sure. You were on the show with me, right? Okay. So it's very obvious who it is. Okay. And yet people do it anyway. Okay. So it's essentially this thing like if you're going to, if if you're if you have if you have a problem with somebody on Twitter mm-hmm. at them Mm-hmm. Like tag them in it, which sure. is very biblical, right? If yeah. you have a problem with somebody, go to them directly. Yes. Like direct message, not publicly on Twitter. You know, And that sort of thing. So uh, somebody did that. And then a friend of mine was like, hey, next time at, and then, and then actually added me. Uh, I'm like, oh, hey, buddy, how are you? You know? Wow. And so like it, it got me thinking about this scripture that I heard the other day. This uh, story of the alabaster jar. Are you familiar with this story? Oh, I love this story. With Jesus. Okay. Yeah. The old Jesus. Well, it says, while he, Jesus, was reclining in Bethany, he was surrounded by his disciples. They were reclining at at the table of Simon the leper. And a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. I just love that word. It makes me think of the office. (laughs) Nard. (laughs) Um, She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. And everyone was very excited about this, right? Mm-hmm. No, they were not. Uh, some of those present were saying indignant, indignantly mm-hmm. to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than 100 years' wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. And Jesus said one of the best Jesus lines ever, leave her alone. Leave her alone. <laughs> leave her alone. Uh, I love uh, it. Why are you bothering her? She's done a beautiful thing for me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached, they'll hear about this. Yeah. Right? And then like Jesus, uh, Judas literally like leaves at this point to go betray Jesus because he was the money guy. Like, sure. All this kind of hanging yeah. around, right? So yeah. why do you like this story? I, okay, well, thank you for asking. I I love this story because Jesus is wonderful and then Mary is affectionate. And so it matches. Like I like when things match. It's like, it's a beautiful thing when the worth of Jesus and then the love of his followers are commensurate. It's kind of a big word. but Kind of like uh, that other word I couldn't say. Indignantly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that one's tricky too. But it's like somehow his perfection is parallel with the intensity. 
you know, of like the, the parallel of his perfection and goodness. It's like as close as we can get in our intensity of affection. And so I just like when things match. Right. It just feels right. It feels good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. There's something that that point that stuck out to me. Uh, that had never really stuck out to me before. You know, we we hear these stories, we read these stories, and it's like, oh yeah, a different part will stick out. For me this time, it was that uh, that one he was with his disciples. This wasn't other people like on the outskirts telling her to go away. Like this was his people. Right. Like, they're right. in a house eating dinner. Like these are his closest followers. The other part that stuck out to me was that they said, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more of a year wages and the money given to the poor. I found it interesting that they didn't say she could have taken care of herself for a year. Mm. So I was like, why, you know, like, why wouldn't they say that? And I realized like, oh, like, this is a, this is a wealthy woman, mm. you know, like, like, oh, this is somebody that could have given money to the poor. And I'm guessing she, if she had perfume for a year's worth right. of wages that right. she could use it in a few moments, she was all right financially. Right. And, and I started thinking about this and I was like, they're mad that she is using her specific gift yeah. for Jesus, mm -hmm. a gift they can't give, mm -hmm. and they're worried about other things. It's mm. good. And I was like, wow, they're trying to stop her from using her gifts. So to the people who say Lee, the, that I shouldn't be doing anything, I give to you what Jesus said. Leave, <laughs> Leave her alone. <laughs> now you have to change the, the, the gender there. Oh, um, it's so good. I love that, Taylor. It's like, for, I mean, honestly, for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. This is my treasure. This is the best thing that I have. And so why wouldn't I use it? Why wouldn't I use it for Jesus? Because if we have seen his glory, if we have tasted his grace, if we have received his truth, if we've been transformed by him at all, then of course we're going to give everything that we have. Ah, oh, I love it. Amen and amen. He's given us all gifts. Our job is to give them back to him. That's true humility. It's yeah. not, hey, my gift isn't good enough, or hey, this is my gift. Either way, we're not giving glory to the giver of the gift. If you have things that you are good at, that God has gifted you at, do not run away from them because other people have things to say. That's Use good. those gifts for the glory of God. Speaking of the glory of God, the show's over. You listen to it. <laughs> Congratulations. Now go pray, you heathen. I'll be back next week. Say it! Allison! Taylor. Yes? I'm upset with you. <laughs> okay. Well, you know where else you're upset with me? <laughs> Over on Patreon.com slash Forte Catholic. All of our conversations that happen before the show, after the show, in between segments. Bonus hours of content with Allison Sullivan. All of our great guests. All of our co-hosts. It is so much fun. You can get more. The show continues. The show must go on. I really wish I had a delete button. Well, you don't. On your show, you do. You can make me say whatever you want. On my show, I can make you say whatever I want. For not for whatever. Patreon.com slash Forte Catholic. Go do it, and you can listen to Allison yell at How me some more. Taylor embarrasses his guests. Love you. Love you. Bye.